Welcome back to the story of, I hope you had a great week. School is back in session. If you have kids and they're all in school, I hope you are spending that alone time wisely. I'm Reagan Snyder and I'm so glad you're here. This is a pretty well-known story, but I felt like I wanted to put it up on my podcast. If you've heard it, hopefully you learned something new. If you haven't, you're in for a ride. This is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Way back in 2008, the people of a community in Springfield, Missouri, got two new neighbors. A single mom named Dee Dee and her young teen daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Habitat for Humanity had built them a small little pink house equipped with a hot tub and a wheelchair ramp for Gypsy because Gypsy was disabled and she was bound to a wheelchair. Gypsy and Dee Dee had fallen on, they were going through hard times because Gypsy was really sick and Dee Dee couldn't work. She had to care for her full time, but they fell on even harder times when Katrina hit. They were right in the middle of Katrina and they lost everything and they were forced to leave. So they left And um, their story went public. It went to the media. And there's this outpouring of support after they received that media attention. They were given free trips to Disney World. They got backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts, multiple. And she even, Miranda Lambert, even wrote them a check for $3,500 from her personal account. And I think most of this was through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Gypsy even got to meet her favorite actors from Lord of the Rings, Sean Astin and Elijah Wood. She has a picture with them. When Dee Dee was 24 and Gypsy's dad was 17, his name's Rod, they got married, but they parted ways just before Gypsy was born. Dee Dee claimed that he was an abusive alcoholic and drug addict and he didn't pay child support. He wasn't a part of Gypsy's life because he had just never come to the terms with her to terms with her health issues and he just didn't really want any part of it. And so I think their community just really felt for them and they they took them in as their own and made them part of the community, made them feel welcome. And although Gypsy had this whole array of health health issues, she had leukemia and muscular dystrophy, asthma, she had ear and eye problems, seizures. I mean, You name it, Gypsy had it. But despite all that, she was a happy and charming kid and people were drawn to her because she was just like, she's five foot standing. She was in a wheelchair, but she was five feet tall. So she was very, very petite. She was, I think she smiled a lot. All the pictures I saw of her, she's smiling. Her teeth were like all rotted out of her head. She talked in this high pitched kind of childlike voice she was bald. So it just, people saw her and they were drawn to her because despite being sick all the time, she was happy. According to Dee, Dee she had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old and she couldn't go to school. And so she spent a lot of time reading books. She would watch Disney movies and that was kind of her world. She loved dressing up like different princesses and wearing wigs and she didn't have any hair. And that was what she knew. She knew her mom and her stories. And that was pretty much it. And her illnesses. And that was her world. And people admired Dee Dee's ability to get up, get out of bed, face life the way that she did, 
be a good mom despite all the challenges that life threw her way. Once they were settled into their new life in Missouri, Gypsy befriended their neighbor, who I believe was in her early 20s. Her name was Aaliyah. And Gypsy started kind of asking her for advice about boys. Gypsy was about at that age, about 13, 14, something like that. Well, Dee Dee didn't like that. She caught wind of it and confronted Aaliyah about it because she didn't like her talking to Gypsy about these quote unquote teenage girl things. But, you know, again, Gypsy was at that age. She was interested in boys and there was nothing Dee Dee could do about it. So she secretly set up this online dating account on a Christian website and she met a guy on there who she connected with. His name was Nicholas Godijon. In one of her messages to him, she said, quote, I need to tell you something. I'm no model. I have a medical condition, so I can't walk. I have a chair I use. Is that an issue? So she's just, end quote, end quote, man, that quote. So she's just being straight up with him and telling him what's up. And he wrote back and he said, quote, why would that be a problem? You're an angel in my eyes. It will never make any difference in how I see you from the inside out, end quote. Swept Gypsy right off her feet. Woo! Her knight in shining armor. So Gypsy is excited about this guy. And she she messaged Aaliyah about it. And she said, quote, I met a wonderful guy. He's my first boyfriend. He gives me poems and is so romantic, end quote. She told Aaliyah all about how they were planning on naming their first kid after him. Hopefully it's a boy. I haven't met a girl named Nicholas yet, but I'm sure it's coming. And they wanted a snow wedding in a gazebo with red and white roses. So she had it all planned out in her head. Then, on June 14th of 2015, a weird post was made on Gypsy and Dee Dee's shared Facebook account. It said, quote, that bitch is dead, end quote. People initially thought that maybe the account had been hacked, but they were worried because that's a worrisome thing to read on your feed. And then another post was made not much later, and it said, quote, I slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so effing loud, lol, end quote. So neighbors are really concerned at this point. Because they know she's, you know, Dee Dee's a single mom. Gypsy is a not well. They need protection. So they went over to their house and knocked. It was a, a couple, I believe. Went over to their house. They knocked and no one came to the door. And they look over and their car's there. And so they knew that that Gypsy and Dee Dee would go on kind of these unannounced medical trips. But the fact that her car was there, their car was still in the driveway, that was alarming to them. So they start circling the house and they're knocking on all the doors, on all the windows, and nobody's answering. They don't hear anything inside. They can't peek through the windows because I think there's this film put up so you couldn't see in. And so they called the police and they asked for a wellness check. So the police come and they can't come in because they don't have a search warrant, but they allowed the neighbors to climb in through a window and when they got inside, they saw pretty much everything was undisturbed. There wasn't anything missing, so it didn't look like they'd been robbed. Nothing was really out of place. But they noticed that Gypsy's wheelchairs, I think she had multiple, her wheelchairs were still there. Her medication, her feeding tube, her oxygen tank, all the things that she needed to survive were still there. But there was no Gypsy in sight. 
And then they went to the back of the house and they walked into Dee Dee's room and they found her in her bed and she had been stabbed and she was gone. So nobody knows what happened. They're panicking because A, there's been a murder committed. B, Gypsy's gone and she's helpless and she's tiny and she needs all this stuff to to survive, to get through the day, all of her medications and everything. So what the heck happened? Well, not everything is as it appears, especially in this case. Nothing was as it appeared. It all started back when Gypsy was about three months old and Dee Dee was certain that she had sleep apnea. She was so certain that she took her to the hospital for these overnight stays multiple times to be monitored, but there nothing ever turned up. There was never any sign of sleep apnea. After Rod and Dee Dee split up, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved in with Dee Dee's dad and stepmom, and Dee Dee would poison her stepmom's food with weed killer. So her poor stepmom's dealing with this chronic illness, and she doesn't know what it's from. Um, and during this time, I mean, Dee Dee, it just sounds like she was always kind of a problem since she was a little kid. Uh, she was arrested during this time for several minor offenses, including writing bad checks. And when her parents kind of figured out what was going on, that she was poisoning the mom, the stepmom, they confronted Dee Dee. And she left with Gypsy to live in in uh, Slidell, which is a suburb of, of New Orleans. And magically after she left her stepmom's health returned to normal so while they were in Slidell, Dee Dee and Gypsy lived in public housing and they lived off of public assistance and the $1,200 child support check that Rod would send every month so this allowed Dee Dee to be at home with Gypsy and they spent most of their time visiting doctors and specialists and Rod seems like a pretty stand-up guy from what I've seen he was involved in Gypsy's life as much as he could be, but Dee Dee made it really hard for him to ever even come visit her. So he made sure that he would call her and send gifts and do what he could to be a part of her life. Dee Dee would regularly take Gypsy to the ER for just minor little things. And she fed poor Gypsy so much medicine that she was just out of it most of the time. When she was alert and aware, Dee Dee would control Gypsy with abuse with physical abuse, emotional abuse, beat her with a coat hanger, or she would lock her in this shed. And so poor Gypsy just, she didn't really know a ton outside of this little life that her mom built for her. And that's her mom, you know? So that's the person taking care of her. And it just was all probably very confusing for her. So she knew better than to ever step outside bounds. Dee Dee had Gypsy's saliva glands treated with Botox at, just at first, and then she had him totally extracted in order to control her drooling, but the drooling was actually induced by Dee Dee. She would give her a topical anesthetic to numb her mouth before they went in for doctor's visits, and so her lack of salivary glands caused Gypsy's teeth to rot and decay to the point that they had to be extracted and replaced with a bridge, so her mouth is a mess. She had tubes implanted into her ears to control her purported ear infections. I'd be surprised if she ever had one. After they moved to Springfield, Dee Dee took Gypsy to see this new doctor, Dr. Bernardo Flasterstein, and he was a pediatric neurologist, and during the visit, he kind of got suspicious of her supposed muscular dystrophy diagnosis, and so he ordered MRIs and blood tests 
And when the results came back, he saw no abnormalities. There was nothing wrong with her. There was, he saw no reason for Gypsy to be in a wheelchair. And so he took matters into his own hands and he kind of investigated on his own. And he contacted Gypsy's doctors back in New Orleans. And he learned through that, that her original muscle biopsy had come back negative and none of her records had been destroyed like Dee Dee claimed. She was just trying to cover up her trail because Gypsy was never sick. She was healthy. Dee Dee had Munchausen, what we think. It, she was never properly diagnosed, but I think it's pretty obvious. She had Munchausen by proxy. After Dee Dee kind of caught on to what he was doing, she stopped taking Gypsy to see him. She also told Gypsy that she was four years younger than she actually was. She even had a, a copy of her birth certificate forged to reflect the date. So Gypsy was born in 1991. This birth certificate showed she was born in 95. So in 2011, Gypsy was 20 years old and she went to this sci-fi convention. And I think in an attempt to escape, she went with some guy. She met some guy online and her mom ended up finding her in this hotel room with this guy. And Dee Dee told the guy that Gypsy was only 16 years old and she threatened to call the police. I think she pulled out the fake birth certificate and everything. <laughs> she just carried it around with her. So she she's threatening him with this. She's like, I'm going to call the police. She takes Gypsy home. And after that incident, Dee Dee took a hammer and she smashed Gypsy's computer and she threatened to do the same to her fingers if she ever tried to escape again. And then she handcuffed Gypsy to her bed and kept her there for two weeks. So not only is Gypsy really being held there by force, she also felt like she couldn't go to police because Dee Dee told her that she had filed paperwork with the police claiming that she was mentally incompetent and they would never believe her. So poor Gypsy is just stuck. She's just stuck there with her crazy mom. But then a shift came. After this incident in 2011, she she kept going online. Her mom can't stop her, truly. She wants to get online. She's going to find a way. And in 2012, she, you know, continued to use the internet. She would just get on after her, her mom was asleep. And that's when she met Nick. And Nick was around her age, but he had a criminal record for indecent exposure and a history of mental illness, including dissociative identity disorder. And if you don't know what that is, somebody with, with this disorder, DID, has multiple personalities that control, each personality controls their behavior. They're like distinctive personalities. And on top of that, Nick was also on the autism spectrum. And unbeknownst to Didi, Gypsy had five different Facebook accounts. And this is how she kept in, in touch with Nick. And they kept in touch without meeting, all online for three years. And during that time, he introduced Gypsy, who's been very, very much in a bubble her whole life, to the world of BDSM. And Gypsy confided all of this in her neighbor friend, Aaliyah. And Aaliyah was a little bit nervous about just like sexual predators on the internet and stuff. And she tried to talk Gypsy out of talking to this Nick guy, but Gypsy was in love. She thought he was the moon and the stars and they were going to get married and have their snow wedding in a gazebo and name their son or daughter Nicholas. So Aaliyah, you know, she's like, well, okay, this is probably just all her fantasies and dreams and nothing's going to happen. But fast forward a couple years into 2015, 
Gypsy and Nick hatched a plan. They had to move forward with their relationship, and Gypsy needed to make her escape so that she could ride off with Nick into the sunset. And so Gypsy arranged everything for Nick to come to Springfield that June 2015 so he could quote-unquote bump into her at the movies. She had plans to see, I think it was the new Cinderella with her mom, and they were going to go to the movies. And so she's like, okay, you come in, you bump into me on accident, we'll strike up a conversation, and that'll lead to our relationship, and then I'll introduce you to my mom that way. And of course, Dee Dee wasn't having anything to do with it. She was overprotective and I think jealous is how, how Gypsy described her of Nick being there. So at some point during the movie, Gypsy was able to slip away. She told her mom that she was going to the bathroom and she went to the bathroom and she met up with Nick and they, they made sweet, sweet love on that theater bathroom floor and Dee Dee's just sitting there eating her popcorn watching Cinderella do her thing she had no idea I'm sure Gypsy's just on cloud nine at this point and when she got home she continued talking to Nick online and they decided that they needed to go to plan b because this whole meeting mom thing wasn't gonna work and plan b was either Gypsy would get pregnant and Dee Dee would have to accept Nick or they would kill her in June of 2015, Nick came back to Springfield, and that night after he got there, after Dee Dee went to bed, Gypsy snuck Nick into the house, and she gave him some duct tape and some gloves and a knife, because they were going with the latter plan. Nick was going to kill Dee Dee. Gypsy snuck into the bathroom where she hid and covered her ears so that while he was, while Nick was killing her mom, Gypsy wouldn't have to hear her screams. And so she's sitting there waiting for it to happen. And Nick sneaks into Dee Dee's room where she was sleeping and stabbed her in the back 17 times. After that, he and Gypsy slept together in her room. And then they took $4,000 that Gypsy knew Dee Dee had in the house, which was mostly from child support checks. It was all in cash. And they left the house and they went to this motel just outside of town. And they stayed there for a few days while they planned what their next move was. And that next move was to mail the knife that Nick used back to his house so that they wouldn't get caught with it. And then together they took a bus back to Wisconsin. And at this point, they fully believed that they had gotten away with killing Dee Dee. Once they got back to his house, the Facebook posts were made, the ones that I read earlier. And so obviously this raised alarm and suspicion and concern and all sorts of things. And the police were called and Dee Dee was found. And by now, you know, while police are there and the house is being taped off and all that, other neighbors were gathering around the house and Aaliyah told police about Gypsy's boyfriend. And this was new news to pretty much everybody because it was, she kept it a secret from everybody except for Aaliyah. And Aaliyah was able to give them enough information that they were able to trace the IP address from where those Facebook posts were made to Nick's house, which was 600 miles away in Big Bend, Wisconsin. So the police go to his house and there's a bit of drama. There's a bit of a standoff. Nick came out, he was holding a knife and they thought for sure he is holding Gypsy hostage. So SWAT was called. It was a whole thing. And when they finally got into the house, they saw that all that cash sitting out, 
There were, I think there were passports and a whole variety of wigs and disguises. And then there was Gypsy. And to their surprise, she was walking and she was there by her own free will. Gypsy and Nick ended up surrendering and they were taken into custody and Gypsy was informed that her mom was dead. And she started to cry and she, she was like, wait, what? Just major nonsense. And, um, and she insisted that, you know, she loved her mom and she had nothing to do with her death. I love my mom. I would never do anything to hurt her. And she's just going on and on and on. Can't believe her mom's dead. Meanwhile, news that Gypsy was safe made it back to those who knew her and cared about her. And they all kind of breathed a collective sigh of relief while simultaneously trying to wrap their heads around the fact that Gypsy was somehow involved and that she wasn't kidnapped and this wasn't what it seemed. The county prosecutor, Dan Patterson, called the case, quote, extraordinary and unusual, end quote. And so he decided that he wouldn't seek the death penalty for Gypsy or Nick because they're, I mean, this is a very unique circumstance. Gypsy's been abused. Nick is on the spectrum and has all these mental disorders. And anyway, Gypsy was so undernourished under her mom's care that while she was in the county jail, she gained 14 pounds, which, which is a large contrast to those who are usually who are in jail in that situation. They usually lose weight while they're in jail. And then in July of 2015, Gypsy accepted a plea bargain agreement and she was sentenced to just 10 years in prison. So this was a crime that carried the death penalty and she was only given 10 years. And Nick obviously faced more severe charges because he's the one who actually stabbed Dee Dee and killed her. But his trial was pushed out to November of 2018. He was required to undergo two different psychiatric exams and it came back. He has an IQ of 82. For reference, 90, between 90 and 110 is a normal range. And then we know he was autistic, so I think he was just very vulnerable I guess would be a decent word. I don't know. He was just like madly in love with Gypsy and wanted to make her happy and do whatever it took to make her happy. And unfortunately, this was what it was. And he was talked into it and he he did it. He's the one who did it. And so he ended up being sentenced to life in prison. And then the Blanchard's neighbor, so Dee Dee and Gypsy's neighbors, were obviously in shock. And they're just a whole range of emotions. They were sad. They were mad just about everything that they were duped into believing these lies that Dee Dee put out and that Gypsy wasn't sick and she was abused. Just a whole array of emotions, I'm sure. And Dee Dee's family, her own family, her own flesh and blood were glad to see her gone. They didn't have a funeral for her. I don't know if somebody else maybe did, but they didn't. They didn't pay for a funeral for her. In fact, they ended up flushing her ashes down the toilet. That's what they did with Dee Dee. And Rod, Gypsy's dad, said, quote, I think Dee Dee's problem was she started a web of lies and there was no escaping after it was like a tornado got started, end quote. And Gypsy said, quote, I feel like I'm more free in prison than living with my mom because now I'm allowed to just live like a normal woman, end quote. Gypsy took some time to research Munchausen syndrome by proxy on the computers in prison And she realized in her research that her mom checked off every single symptom. And as far as whether or not Gypsy knew she wasn't sick, 
I, it sounds like she thought she had cancer. She did believe that, but she also knew that Dee Dee was taking things to a whole new level and that she wasn't as sick as she was made out to be. And she was really frustrated that doctors never saw through Dee Dee's lies. Gypsy is still in prison, but she just got married in June of 2022. So just a couple months ago, not sure how she met her husband or what he does, but she's married still in prison, but she has a parole hearing at the end of 2023. And that is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard in a nutshell. Thank you so much for being here and listening. If you want to reach me, you can find me on Instagram at the story of pod, and you can check out my website for pictures and links at www.thestoryofpod.com. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time. Bye.